Hey everybody, I'm Matt Hill. I'm in Oklahoma City, and uh, I, I'm just going to get started with uh, introduce yourself. Well, thanks, Matt. Uh, my name is Curtis Shuck, and I'm the chairman of the Well Done Foundation, a uh, 501c3 nonprofit. Well, I, I'm so glad you're here in Oklahoma City. What, what were you uh, up here for? We uh, were here attending. We're down uh, here for you. Yeah, down here for. Uh, well, for me, I came up from our uh, office in New Mexico, so for it was up. Um, and uh, no, we're here uh, participating in and sponsoring uh, the American Association of Petroleum Geologists, uh, their first conference. Uh, on idled, orphaned, idled, and abandoned oil and gas wells. And, you know, it was a great opportunity to, to see regulators in the room, some operators in the room, some interested parties, some professionals. Um, and, you know, it, it all really is part of this uh, Jobs Act and the Infrastructure Act, which was, as you know, a bipartisan effort between Kevin Kramer uh, from North Dakota and Senator Ben Ray Lujan from New Mexico. So um, it was uh, it was a great opportunity to get together, and we were honored to be able to be the platinum sponsor and help with the kickoff of the conference. Well, thanks for the hat. I'm going to be spinning it. Go. He knew my yeah. flavor camo, so uh, I was I'll be you know seeing this around. You guys asked me about well done, and I'll just point you to this guy. Yeah. Um, you said something in our little conversation before about uh, you know the you've grown and now there might be you know some people are putting a target on your back either within our own industry or outside of it you know you you brought up a good point that bipartisan you reach across the aisle but we have some very uh, prolific problems in our petroleum industry that you know we all know and we all are the most capable to solve which is uh, orphan wells and or zombie wells that are out there now the uh, the flaring mm -hmm. and the you know the the problems with you know maybe the contamination of our uh, our ground and our groundwater and uh, I mean or just water in general getting water to the source so we have we have all these things that we know are wasteful and we now have people within our industry that can go out and solve them with really amazing solutions so have, Where'd you grow up? Well, so, you know, my background um, in oil and gas is I grew up in Anchorage, Alaska. So yeah. uh, moved up there in 1970, um, and it was... Uh, it was a Beverly Hillbilly show, you know, <laughs> mom and dad threw everybody in the old international, uh, you know, six pack and the crew cab and the trailer and away we went to Alaska, the dogs and the cats and uh, off we went, you know, and this was pre-pipeline days. Um, the North Slope was just starting to get going. And as we got up to uh, Alaska, you know, it reminded me, um, you know, just recently of my first trip back to the Bakken uh, in 2012. But my in Alaska, my first hitch in the oil field was the summer of 1982. And, you know, and I've been fortunate to be involved in oil and gas in various and sundry elements of it, whether it's supply chain, spent a long time, obviously, in the supply chain side with the ports in the state of Washington. Um, and then to actually, you know, running Red River Oil Field Services in Williston, North Dakota, uh, to consulting. And, you know, I'm sitting here with you today uh, 100% by accident. I mean, I guarantee it. My first interaction with an orphan well was in 2019, uh, long before orphan wells were sexy. Uh, in fact, they were everybody's dirty little secret. Yeah, we, we don't want to talk about it. Nobody wanted to talk about it. The regulators didn't want nothing to do with it. The operators for sure wanted nothing to do with it. 
And, and I was faced sort of with this inflection uh, point, you know, that career-defining moment for me, which was, well, yeah, I really can't unsee what I just saw, and I really felt compelled that uh, I needed to do something. And I, but I had no idea what, you know, but I just felt that I needed to do something. And so that was July 25th of 2019. Uh, we'll never forget that day because when I drove from Shelby back to uh, Bozeman that night, I got in about two in the morning. Um, I was, you know, driving 85 miles an hour like you do in Montana. Uh, and I was uh, looking up, you know, Orphan Wells. And so that's where the name Well Done came. Uh, we were securing domain names and uh, actually registering the business. Yep. Um, so by the time I got back to Bozeman, this was already a path. And, but I had no idea that, you know, I would be sitting here with you today, you know, three plus years later. And, you know, now this is, you know, consuming, you know, all of our waking moments. Um, we just plugged our 25th well, just starting on our 26th. Wow, so. that's gone quick. Yes, and, you know, obviously big plans for 2023 and, uh, and have really focused uh, in addition to uh, that well plugging work, but also on the quantification of emissions because yep. that really goes hand in hand with our ability to tell the story, right? So, absolutely, the issues of groundwater are key, uh, but then also with this new focus on methane uh, and what those emission impacts are, uh, our ability to, you know, scientifically quantify those. And so we've been doing a lot of work in that space, and, and that's kind of what brings us here today into this meeting with the, the geologist there at, uh, at the university, or, um, uh, Oklahoma University, OU. Well, it's also a good time to be in, you know, Oklahoma City right now with the state capitol, you know, being extra busy and all yeah. the, you know, all the all of our uh, public, you know, elected, you know, people here to, you know, go talk to and see, like, hey, we're here in town. You know, we have ideas, we have technology, we have engineering. We can go out and look around your state and see how we could help you. You bet. We have the OERB that goes out and, you know, helps with plugging and abandoning and cleanup. So we have so many resources here because we're really a, a tight-knit oil and gas community. So coming up here more often, we'd love to have you. Well, I appreciate that. And, I, you know, yes, absolutely, Oklahoma is a, is a focus area for us. Um, I want to say it's, you know, uh, number two or three on the list of the number of sort of that documented orphan wells piece. And there's obviously a huge discrepancy between documented and undocumented. And, you know, it's kind of sparking this whole new industry, yeah. uh, which is exciting because it means that problems are getting fixed. And, you know, you brought up a good point earlier. It, it really is a black eye on our industry. Yep. And, you know, when we started the Well Done Foundation, it was not as some um, radical environmental group that's looking to throw shade and fling poo uh for us it was it's a protective you know thing you're doing for us like hey let them go drill wells if something horrible is to go wrong or if it went wrong in the past we've got a solution 100 percent, and it's all about you know it's all about process improvement right yep. so the the best practices around the turn of the century uh, are certainly different than the best practices today and so what we're working on doing is you know without again, uh, casting blame is we're out there to just simply fix the problems. Yep. And, you know, I think it's been a really great uh, platform for us to, to, to work both sides of the aisles, to work, you know, kind of across the environmental group, the community group, and the industry group, and show that, look, solutions are possible if we just work together. 
and if we can get government money back from the people who took it from us and throw some <laughs> throw some back at our industry, right? I mean, yeah. if they're going to build highways to nowhere and bridges to nowhere and do studies on some kind of you know varmint that I don't really need in my life, like man, it'd be nice to have some of that. Uh, you know, recruitment money that they just came yeah. in and took. So give it back to us and we'll go make sure the energy is possible. What, a, you know, when you're talking about quantifying, what do you think the numbers are? So, so say at the uh, government level, what are they saying as far as how many wells do they view as an abandoned well versus what our industry kind of sees? Well, the, you know, they're starting to really get their hands around that right now. Um, you know, there's, you know, the, the big part of the big discussion, even at this conference, was just, you know, kind of landing on some common nomenclature, right? Because every state in the language, ha- yeah, yeah, has a little different definition of what an orphan well is or what an idle well or a shut-in well is. And so I think standardizing that is going to be really important so that everybody is truly on the same page. And then it's a matter of, you know, getting out there and, and starting to work off of uh, some of the state inventory that's been publicly, you know, uh, presented. Now, go back to a comment that I made earlier, which is uh, this has been everybody's dirty little secret. And, and so by that, some of the things that have happened in the past is that various states uh, maybe have left wells that were probably technically orphaned but have left them on an operator's books, even though maybe the operator was long gone and hasn't existed for decades, but they left them on those books so that it didn't reflect as an orphan. It still showed as an idle well. And I can give you examples across the country where you walk into a field and you've got a combination of orphan and shut-in wells, and you couldn't tell me what the difference between the two was, right? Uh, I walk into some fields, again, all of the surface equipment has been removed, you know, rods, tubing, pump jacks, everything gone. No royalty owners getting a check cut. No, the only thing there is a, is a casing, uh, you know, and, and maybe somebody has placed a rock on top of it. We sometimes call that a Montana plug-in job. <laughs> But um, it's not funny. but but it's not just Montana, by the way. I want to make sure that you know that's our home state, and, and we love working with the Montana Board of Oil and Gas. You know, they were the first ones to entertain us, and you know, God bless Jim Alverson. Uh, when I walked into his, or he actually came to to our place up in Shelby, Montana, and he had no idea what to expect. It's like, who are these people? What do they want? Uh, but you know what we did is we just went out and started plugging wells. Like, you know, it's like, let's not talk about it. Let's, like, do stuff. And, and that's really been, I think, at the core of our foundation's mission is taking action. There's a lot of people that like to talk and analyze. But, you know, for Which, me. Which, hey, they're needed as well. But 100%. Send it on down the road to a guy that will take action. Yeah. And, and so, but we felt that in order to prove the science, we needed to do the work. And so, like I said, we're, you know, 25 wells deep now and we're. We're rocking and rolling on our next tranche of wells. We're super excited about uh, where that is. Um, you know, working on this this quantification piece now is becoming more and more important. Because that will speed up the whole process. I mean, do you think that most of your uh, time on each well is more the paperwork side of it, obviously, <laughs> than the operations, right? Yeah. And it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because, of course, the... The part that everybody loves to see is when the the workover rig shows up on location and the the roughnecks are out there doing their thing and you, you know we got tubing moving around and cement and all that activity. Well, the reality is is that that is fun and for sure. But for the eight months prior to that, 
you know, we've been on that well from beginning day one, working with the landowner, uh, working with a regulatory agency, taking care of all of the legal paperwork, doing the measuring and monitoring over this extended period of time from the subtropic to the subarctic conditions uh, to be able to get us to that moment when the rig shows up and we're able to rig up and go to work, you know, so. Well, I, I know for myself, and we talk about this a lot, I mean, we all hope that there's no orphan and abandoned wells, you know, and, and you know, I love a following, please follow him on social media. They ask some of those tough questions of themselves like we all do to grow, like how do I break my machine in my head and, see, and at least back myself up and cement my, you know, morals, ethics, and, and progress. So one of the things, I, you know, I saw you use like, well, you know, you're just, uh, you know, we could be using all these wells instead of, uh, you know, plugging them, yeah. but that's just not the case. Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's a great idea, and uh, it's not that it can't ever happen, but it certainly doesn't seem to be the majority of the wells. Now, there are some, certainly, that could be repurposed, and we're actually starting to work on a project right now yeah. uh, down in the Permian. Where, where you could pivot and go, hey, yeah. guys, I found out through my... Because you're doing the science. Yep. So if you know that, hey, by the way, we could get this well back online for some small operator and they could be, you know, in the in the black. Yeah, or safely produce uh, yeah. good, uh, you know, drinking or, or irrigation water, then so much the better. And and so we love to we love to see that as well. So, again, it's not a one size fits all. Yep. But that also works to, uh, you know, in terms of the orphan well, that not all orphan wells can even be repurposed based on their age, based on their condition. Uh, oftentimes, uh, you know, the surface owner is like over it. Okay. And and wants nothing more to do with it, and and so anyway, it's an interesting it's an interesting uh, opportunity out there. So you know we've really diversified in in you know our mission is still the same: identifying orphan wells, quantifying the methane, and plugging the, the well and and restoring the surface. Right, like it was never even there. And and I think the message is really probably better than before. Sometimes. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and we think that you know that that is a repeatable. A program. We are working with groups all over the country right now. Right now, we're active in 14 states, um, and we're standing up, if you would, this sort of this ecosystem of partners uh, that we're supporting with equipment or you know helping on the funding side to get you know uh, the more wells into our universe and then be able to qualify them because not every well is going to fit within our particular box. You know, we tend to. Uh, most recently, I think, really gravitate towards those projects that are a little more hair-raising, um, you know, a little bit more difficult, maybe a little bit more higher profile, like the trailer park well that we just plugged or the, the well that we plugged in Cleveland, Ohio, in the middle of the senior citizens' yeah. facility. Uh, things like that that other people probably don't want much to do with. But, you know, for us, that really, I think, is at the core of the mission because it's not only about what you know the benefit to the environment but it's about the benefit to the community human flourishing that's our what our industry does you bet and the ability then to support the industry through that because you know our model is always to work with local contractors to bring in those uh professionals in an area that have the experience that have the contacts um and that's been just an, an amazing model for us um and it's and it's really helped us to develop some awesome relationships, some great friendships across the country in the industry. And like we're getting ready, uh, we're going to be at the Ohio uh, Oil and Gas Association uh, annual meeting in Columbus in a couple of weeks. And, you know, these are folks that we work with uh, out there every day. 
Um, and, and it's great to get, you know, the Well Done Foundation, you know, kind of rubbing, rubbing elbows in that area. We haven't, uh, this is a, for us, this is a real focus in 2023 is to be, if we're going to be an industry leader, be it everything, then we need to be a leader, right? We got to commit and be out there. And so, you know, you'll probably be seeing more of me and more of our team members uh, in these, in these more sort of public events. Are you excited about any technology that's helping you, you know, find these wells? Um, yeah, so there's there is a lot happening in the tech space right now, from you know using satellite imagery to identify uh, you know some some emission locations, uh, the ability to use uh, you know things like uh, you know right out of Montana, folks like Bridger Photonics, and to give a little bit more detail, or some of the drone based. Uh, applications to help you know kind of identify uh, these particular areas what we've really focused on and I think the niche for well done Matt is we're for us it's about working the ground game right it's about point source quantification and so you know those other technologies are great to kind of help find our way if you would but once we're there now what do you do well yeah. now we've got to have you know science behind us to give these you know unequivocal defensible auditable um, you know analysis of what the actual emission is and so that's been really our focus and so not only for the work that well done does for our well done projects but we started in july of this year uh, measuring and monitoring for the state of new mexico as part of the expected IIJA funding that was coming down the path from the bipartisan infrastructure bill. So we've been measuring, we're almost at 200 wells now in the state of New Mexico. We've kicked off a project in the state of Kentucky where we're measuring there for them. We're getting ready to go check out Arizona. We've been up in Appalachia, working hard in New York, Pennsylvania, Ohio, West Virginia. So, um, so we see that as not only, again, you know, applying that science for the well-done work, but also to help support um, the industry. And, and it's really about how do you show that return on investment? So, Yeah. And I think, you know, maybe as the future grows and your technology grows, you know, we might come to a point in our, you know, future technology to where, hey, we're plugging these wells, but we may not call them abandoned anymore. They might be a way where we can, uh, hey, we, we can go back into that. Sure. And, you know, revitalize it someday. Mm -hmm. If it's, you know, if it becomes cost effective, we can go back and utilize those wells. Yeah, and there's a lot of discussion, uh, you know, things like, uh, uh, you know, whether it's storage or whether it's, you know, other applications that uh, that tend to make sense, then absolutely, you know, the, the well exists. Let's look at what's the, you know, again, just like, you know, every uh, every situation needs to be considered on its merits. It's the same thing with a well. Again, you just can't paint that with a broad brush. Yeah. Uh, but I think the key is that we have to do something. And as an industry, there's no one more qualified to do that work, right? Nope. We've all been down. That, that borehole got made by a really smart person. And we can, we can turn it off. We can plug it. We can do whatever we want with it. But we're the best at it. 100%. You know, and it's great to see... You know, like we were at the at uh, OU yesterday, and it's great to see projects. And Did you see the the kid that drop? He drops the uh, the weight down the well during uh, the daytime when electricity is at its highest peak, mm -hmm. 
And then at nighttime, when it's you know cheaper electricity, they pull the weight back up. Yep. And so it's. I mean, I don't know you know the application, but you know if you put out millions of these things across all these wells, he's generating electricity off of gravity. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty yeah. crazy. That's pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very impressed by students at OU thinking ahead. Yeah. It's fun to see you know some of the progress being made in you know geothermal yeah. activity. So there again, you know, it's about you know at the end of the day, look if we can if we can make it or leave it better than the way we found it, maybe it's plugging, maybe it's repurposing. Hard to say, but it's about again doing something and not just sitting back and waiting for the government to take action. But you know, let's own this as an industry and really show the world what we can do. And you, you know, if even if, and here's what I'm you know thankful for you what you all are doing. Somebody finally is just going out to visit each and every one of these wells. You bet. You know, we haven't had that. You know, like you say, it's an eyesore. It's something we don't think about. Well, if it's out of sight, it's out of mind, and we haven't gone to visit them. So at least now, you know, you're getting out to each one individually and going, hey, guess what? Here's five things we can do to turn it back on, guys. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, I mean, it's getting taken care of step by step. Engaging. 25 yeah. out of what, possibly 8 million? Oh, well, there's a, there's quite a few. Yeah, there's, a, there's a number I was told that's a possibility yeah. that across our industry, and again, you know, these are numbers that we've got to go to the government and go, eh, maybe not, but somebody said 8 million wells across the nation we should go take another look at and just check on. Well, there's there are certainly a lot more that we're shocking that we don't know about than than we do. And you know, I'll give an example of in Pennsylvania and you know, I mean again, there's a certain uh, number that have been documented, but there is a lot and you know, find them all the time by accident just happen to hunters, be hunters, you know. I mean, a, a lot of oil and gas guys are hunters, stewards yeah. of our own, you know, land and we walk across them and find out they're there. Yep. So the ability to, you know, the ability to identify those, to help locate them and sort of bring them into the universe then so they can be assessed and, and sort of make that decision of, well, where does it fit? Is it a high emitter? Uh, has it got, you know, uh, interface with groundwater or, or surface water or drinking water aquifer issues? Uh, you know, that's really key. And so, you know, this, what's, what's exciting about this is that, you know, again, thinking back, to that July day in 2019, to where we're at today, you know, this is a whole thing now, right? This is a this is an industry unto itself within the. Hopefully, we keep it within the oil and gas industry, but now, you know, we're talking about uh, workforce development and job creation in an area that is that is somewhat new. I'll give an example of our measurement and monitoring technicians that are out there in the field. This is all brand new stuff, right? And, and, you know, there are so many wells out there. We're going to be measuring and monitoring for a long time. And there's going to be certainly others that are going to enter into the space, which, you know, we welcome that. Because, you know, in, in five of our lifetimes, ten of our lifetimes, we would never be able to cover all of the wells that are out there. So, you know, in addition to our mission, Well Done also feels compelled that we need to empower others, right? So we need to help to train others, to empower others, to get out there and join in this fight. And, you know, you, we call you've, it, you've named it properly, foundation. Yeah. You know, we, you we, started a, you, you have a now a solid platform and a foundation to move on from there. Yeah, we, we call it coopetition, right? Coopetition. So it's, a, it's about working together. And, you know, we talked about this a little bit earlier that, yes, the, the more success that the Well Done Foundation sees, the bigger the target on our back becomes. There's going to be some questions, you know, from small operators sure. like, well, what, what about my well that's, you know, producing and somebody's going to royalty check like you know that's you know make sure those parameters don't hit me and then the big guys you know that have i mean there's 
you're going to have outside and inside. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Looking at you going, what are they up to? Are they pro on gas? Are they against? Like, no, he's just pro-energy. Well, just doing and the right efficiently thing. Efficiently and doing the right thing. Yeah. End of the day. And that was really, I think, my takeaway from that experience in northern Montana in July 25th of 2019 was like, holy smokes, this is not cool uh, on any level in any universe. We should not think this is okay. And we can do better than that. And we, the, we have our own stop work authority out at a drill site. Yeah. You know, it's the same you know principle, just a hundred percent. And the the problem is, is that you know, in this you know, there's plenty of you know uh, accountability to go around. But you know, the, the fact of the matter is, is that you know, sometimes like in any industry, in any situation, you know, you've got your tier one operators, you've got your class act operators, and then you've got a few of those folks that really don't give a shit, right? Excuse my language there, but bring it on. It's the, the right. It's a right audience. The problem is, is that those are the guys that make it tough for everybody else, right? And you they're know, the, they're the ones that are bringing in government regulation that we didn't need. A hundred percent. And so, at a certain level, the industry needs to be a little self-policing, right? Yeah. And say, hey, man, that's just not cool. And that was really sort of my takeaway. That that first moment when I saw what I saw. It wasn't about, oh, my God, you know, this is an environmental nightmare. It, for me, it was like, holy shit, if we don't fix this, the environmental group is going to be on us like ugly on an ape. And, and nobody better to fix it than us, right? And so how about if the industry embraces this? And, and it was funny to see the pushback. And, and you're absolutely right, is that, you know, um, some of our biggest opponents are from the operating group. Yeah. Not so much the the majors because they understand that this is a social license, right? This is this is what's required to do business in a modern it's, society. We, you know, we had a good talk on the API uh, meeting the other day. What's in the boardrooms right now? ESG. You know, why? Because we, as an industry, have investors. You know, and we can say what we want. You know, but. <laughs> There, there are investors. We don't get to, you know, we we are beholden. We're accountable. To, we're yeah. accountable. They, you know, they have the. We think our, our, you know, we think we're the boss, but those investors are. Hundred percent. And if and ESG is the top of their list, well, environment is a big, you know, component of that. Yeah, and and realistically, look, it it benefits everybody. You know, nobody wakes up in the morning uh, and and laying in bed before they get out and start their day and thinks to themselves, "I want to go out and really suck today." Right? <laughs> I mean, seriously. It, no. You know, I, I think that that's not the mindset. I, I think everybody wants to do better and hopefully leave it better than the way that they found it. And that's really sort of what our message and what our whole program is about and and it doesn't take much in many of these situations like what i mentioned earlier uh whether it's in northern montana or new mexico or ohio look it it doesn't take much you know shit i don't care roll a duct tape and some visqueen just do something right and may not be a permanent solution but at least it's an effort but to just not care and to just think that that's okay I, i think that ship has really sailed and now, if you're a kid out there watching this, do not go out and look for abandoned wells. You don't have the gas monitors in the basement. No, not at Stay all. Stay away from our well sites. Well, <laughs> and, and so, you know, that's another great point because there's been a discussion uh, that's happening right now about, uh, you know, empowering citizen scientists. Uh, and I heard that and I'm like, oh, my God. That scares the scares me. ever living crap out of me. We've always said, citizens, we love you. We're banking energy for you. Yeah. Stay away from the wells. One hundred percent. I mean, I can't tell you how many how many wells that we work on where we're under full air. Um, the H two S is so high that that you know, and you don't get a second chance at that. 
And if you're not properly equipped, and if you don't have the, the right PPE, you shouldn't, you shouldn't even get out of your truck, right? No. Stay in the truck, keep on driving. And so that, that for us is something. You know, we've been uh, also working in the various states uh, helping to train uh, field inspectors of kind of what to be looking for. And, and I am amazed, even at the state levels, the inspectors of how uh, unprepared they are with, without gas monitoring equipment, without PPE to be they in this They did not space. know the danger. Yeah, yeah it's scary. If we, yeah, if we, <laughs> if we have somebody at, at, a, at a, uh, an official go out to a well site and gets hurt, we're going to be in the news. Oh, yeah. We don't yeah. want that. Nope, not at all. So, yeah, I mean, we've got to proceed safely. Um, and, you know, there are, there are ways to, you know, report uh, orphaned wells or idle wells or maybe you don't know. And we've got, you know, we get a lot of contacts through our website. We have a landowner assistance uh, program. And, and what's happened in the past is that there just hasn't been anybody on the other line from the regulatory side of the house to be able to respond. And so that was, you know, we put that in to, to fill a need. Uh, I think with the more attention that's coming, that that's going to be, hopefully, is going to, you know, there will be other avenues for people to reach out. You're going to have a call center where I get somebody in, in another country to pick up my phone? <laughs> yeah, who knows, right? Dial 9, dial yeah. 7, dial 2. <laughs> well, but, you know, even at this conference, there was a discussion about, you know, like the call before you dig program, right? Yeah, so maybe, yeah, maybe there is a national hotline and the call in to report a, Did report you know a hole in the ground, here? you know? So. Yeah, man, that's fantastic. So... Big questions, you know, how can we help? Well, uh, How can it, anyone help? You know, say you're a, a student, a citizen, you know, do you need volunteers? Do you guys need more uh, people to cut checks? You know, what... what? I, it, <laughs> we, you know, how, how can we help, you know, get people involved in what you're doing and, uh, you know, just make them aware? Here's how, here's how to help. Yeah, I mean, I think it's all of the above. I mean, we're, you know, we're funded... Uh, by, you know, uh, corporate sponsorships, individual donations, you know, car washes, bake sales, um, you know, all of the above. And, you know, whether it's five bucks or, you know, 500 or 500,000, you know, all of that helps to get more work done. And so there's that opportunity. There's an opportunity to, uh, to volunteer. We've got a, a volunteer network that we're building up that helps us to get, you know, folks introduced into the program, get them safely trained, uh, and then get them some experience in the field. Um, there's other work that can be done too on the regulatory side or on the on the political side. So you know, I think just you know telling a friend about what we do, follow us and and see what we're up to. You know, look, don't be afraid to ask the hard questions. Yep. Um, you know, my phone number is mobile phone is actually you know on the website. So, it's on LinkedIn. You just call them just like that. Yeah, I mean, give I, an interview. I encourage people to to pick up the phone and call. And I you know again, we're not. We're not that cool. We're able to, to field every call. It may take me a day or two to get back to you, but, you know, that's, that's absolutely, this has to be something that, you know, personally moves people. But, you know, I'm excited for, you know, what the future holds for us, what the future holds for the industry, this opportunity to sort of own this thing now and show that by working together, we can really make a difference. And, you know, we, we use the tagline all the time of one well at a time. You know, you're right, this problem is overwhelming. But if we take every well as its individual project and its individual success, then we can really have an impact. Well, there you have it. We, uh, we know that if you have an expertise or an uh, inkling to uh, join the cause to go out and look at, uh, you know, wells that we could all improve on or, you know, plug, you know, properly, then 
you know, give them a shout. See if uh, you can volunteer or donate your time, money, thoughts. I mean, there's there's just so many ways that we can all you know help each other in our industry. You know, I'm I'm so honored to get to do stuff like this and meet people that we you know get to highlight all these you know amazing things we're doing with our industry now and and bringing it back to a place where you know there was a wave of you know anti oil and gas and now I think it's you know going back the other way like. Oh, we knew we need their energy, and they're really working hard to uh, make sure they police themselves. Cause, you bet. Oh, man, there's so much. Well, you can be a regular and, and uh, anytime you like here in Oklahoma City. I appreciate it. Uh, we would be happy to have you. God bless you. Thank you for what yeah. you do, brother. Thanks so much, Matt. Bye-bye. All right.